This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Hashtag Hoosier Voters Lives Matter. Boy, do they ever. Excelsior. Welcome back, best and brightest, my dear friends, my broadcast partners, and did I mention my dear friends? Here at the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393, free the Indiana 57, free the Indiana 57, hashtag Hoosier Delegates Matter, Hoosier folk, Hoosier folk. See, that's one of the reasons that expression may have come about. But I've never been able to determine that, even though I have some skin in that game. Welcome back, TGIMA. And here we are after this, may I say, reminiscent of a, the worst Beatle-related song ever, Long and Winding Road. Here we are on the eve of what likely turns out to be an actual Super Tuesday. When you think back on them thus far, they've all been super, haven't they? I mean, they have. Now, I don't mean that maybe you haven't been super excited. Maybe I haven't been super excited. I mean, I, as a as a uh, as a you know political science geek, some science, huh? But as a, as a poli sci geek or a civic circus maximus geek, I am, and most of we are excited about them. That's why we're here, but I haven't all been super duper double secret probation super Tuesdays, but they've all been important for their own reasons. And the reason that this one becomes important is not because it's Indiana. Uh, Sorry, fellow Hoosiers, if I may thusly insinuate myself into the clan, the the clan of Hoosiers, Uh, and, and that is... It's not because it's Indiana. It's because of arithmetic. Now, arithmetic has never been my friend. I wish I I sometimes read these things and see these things about people who are a whiz with numbers and and make things work. My grandfather, uh, the uh, Indiana farmer, was such a man. I don't know why I didn't pick up any of that. DNA, I don't know. But arithmetic has never been my friend. I hope it is a friend of my friends tomorrow. I hope arithmetic is the friend of my friend Ted Cruz tomorrow. Now, as we know, and just to straighten this out, 
So I, you know I'm not trying to hype you. In terms of super days, today is super only to the extent that it is the eve of tomorrow. And we're not going to know anything tomorrow either. I mean, we're going to know something tomorrow night. You know, I suspect you know fairly well into the evening tomorrow night. So the, the most meaningful conversation we will have, you and I, about what happens tomorrow actually happens Wednesday because then we'll be equipped with all of the facts and figures and, and, and I'll have a migraine because they are facts and figures. And as did I mention, arithmetic has never been my friend. But we're on sufficiently conversant terms that I'll know what those basic numbers mean. And here's why Indiana or any other state would have turned out to be super tomorrow, at least as Tuesday goes. 57, 5 7, like the ketchup. 57 varieties. You got your 57 varieties of delegates tomorrow. 57 herbs and spices. <clears throat> Herb, man. 57 herbs. Oh, wow. 57. And that pretty much is what she wrote, if we can still say that. That's pretty much going to do it for the maths. 57 delegates, a winner-take-most state. 40 standing delegates, 4-0, 40 standing delegates, ready to be taken by he who captures the majority of the popular vote, then three each by congressional district. The winner gets two, the loser gets one. Kasich is standing down uh, per one of the biggest public policy treaties in our nation's history, that is the Cruz-Kasich Pact, which keeps John K. Sick out of the race tomorrow, which was, you know, I, in theory, I suppose if he had thought about that six months ago, it might have made a difference. But, you know, you could say the same thing about a Mother's Day gift that's six months old. Six days old, six hours old. You know, it's yesterday's fish. It's yesterday's news. I really don't know that we're looking at much of a difference with John Kasich sitting out in Indiana. Maybe, but I don't think so. The real the real question, and the only question that we really want to know, much as we enjoy the other stuff, and that and the other stuff come over the transom and back at you this way. one 888 one 3393 and uh, via Twitter, at J-A-Y underscore thingy, Severin. Now, the only question we really care about is the math. And the math is, if Trump wins tomorrow, if Cruz wins tomorrow, what does that mean? And and what we don't know, defin- well, we do know, we, I'm sorry, we do know definitively, although the media is taking, the mainstream media is using a lot of shorthand and a lot of shortcuts. If Ted Cruz does not win big in Indiana tomorrow. I don't believe 
that he is mathematically eliminated. Now, and again, asked risk. Mathematically eliminated meaning, can he win 1,237 votes enough to win before the before the convention, you know, win on the first ballot. I think it becomes virtually impossible. I know it becomes virtually impossible for Ted Cruz to do that if he does not win Indiana tomorrow. But I do not believe it mathematically eliminates him. Now, back to the big fat Hillary Clinton asterisk. Even if Ted Cruz were mathematically eliminated himself to win on the first ballot, that does not mean that Donald Trump wins. Donald Trump has his own problems. And that problem is largely still believed to derive from the suspicion that if he, he, Trump, doesn't show up, in cleavage with 1237, then he's got worries because the school of thought right now, the prevalent school of thought, uh, Hillary Clinton asks risk. The prevailing school of thought asked risk is that Trump wins on the first ballot going in or he is not possibly going to win on subsequent ballots because an awful lot of people who are bound to him on the first ballot will not be bound to him, Trump, on the second ballot, and they would rather vote for Cruz. Now, back to the on this. We don't know if the RNC is going to radically change the rules yet either, do we? It all comes down, though, so that we all don't get a headache it all, you know, if it's not too late, it all comes down to this. It all comes down to we can really only deal, and we can deal with great fascination, I promise you, but only with those things that we can know or reasonably speculate about at this moment. And that isn't a second or a third or a fourth ballot. We just don't know. We don't know about California, but what we can look at right now under the microscope and form our own opinions, I do have for you, and that mostly is made up of the evidence, your honors, based on the polling numbers we have as of this moment, what's going to happen in Indiana tomorrow, because I can tell you this, whoever wins Indiana tomorrow is going to be called, uh, no, I'm sorry, if Trump wins tomorrow, He will be called inevitable every time you ever hear his name. If you find tomorrow that Cruz loses Indiana, then you're going to think his first name is doomed. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us 
how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. This is the Jaily News. This is America's tragic comedy every day in two acts. This is Act One. At one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Many of us in this audience are for Ted Cruz. I am for Ted Cruz. Many in this audience believe that I was unduly hash, maybe even wicked hash to Ted Cruz following the debacle in the Eastern primary in which uh, all Trump did was win all five contested states and won every single county in every single state, which, given my particular experience, is an indicator to me that I need to have a talk with my client. But let's write that off. Because what I'm trying to do since some of us believed I was being wicked hash, and I don't want to be unduly hash. If I have to be wicked hash, I have to be wicked hash. But I don't need to ever be unduly hash. So in an effort to avoid undue hashness, let me continue before we join our first partner on the phone and, 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 and say this. The other good news, I don't know, have you recognized the good news so far for Ted Cruz? Because this is the good news so far. The other good news is that Ted went in like a fox in a hen house and stole away some second ballot delegates again yesterday. And again, all he can do You know, if a slate of delegates, if a state's delegates are assigned by virtue of the rules to vote for whoever won the primary, and in many cases that's, you know, that guy Trump, there's not much you could do about that. But in, with rare exception, they are bound only for the first uh, ballot. So what you can do is go work on them and try to steal them for Subsequent ballots. At this, Ted Cruz has been very, very good. And he's done it again during this weekend. So I'm not going to give you the particular numbers because I I think I know them, but those numbers really don't matter. Let's just say the good news is that Ted is really working solidly on what happens if he makes it to a second ballot. And... Uh, I think there was another piece of good news there, too, uh, relatively speaking. Although I'm deuced if I can now remember what it was. I've got some other kind of news, but first we're going to talk to Scott from Boston on the phone. Scott, thank you for calling the Blaze Radio. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay. Thank you again for taking my call. Um, It's been a few weeks. I don't know if you recall, but we had a brief hockey talk a few weeks ago. I do. uh, I don't 
I don't want to get off point. I mean, I could talk hockey all day, but I don't believe that's what, what this which show are is two, about. But... Which are two rhetorical tips that you're about to. I, well, I'll be very brief this time as opposed to three weeks ago. I was wrong. I plead guilty. Um, I predicted they were going to fire Julian and Neely. They're, the Bruins are deciding to hold stands pat. I don't understand it, but that's their that's their decision. I can't uh, Scott, I think they it. cannot decide, and this is this makes them as guilty of any other malfeasance as you could imagine, any other bad judgment imaginable. And this is true, folks, of any sport, you know, any or any life endeavor. But uh, speaking of hockey for the moment, because it is the high holy days, it is the the, the cup series is on. Um, I think Scott, this makes them as guilty of something as they could possibly be, and that something tells me that we're going to suck moose for a long time. And that is, they don't recognize, I don't think they know where we are or who we are. I think they cannot decide in the last few years, and I'm not saying it's because of the Tyler Sagan trade. I'm just saying coincidental with the Tyler Sagan trade, and then within months of that, uh, some of the stupidest mindless trades I have ever seen a sports team make in a short period of time. Um, you know I'm is. talking about Dougie. I'm talking about Boychuk. I'm talking about a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They, they, they seem not. Yeah. They seem not to be able to understand whether they want to be stylistically the Bruins that they've always been, which has always worked for them or look at the other body of evidence, which says if if you are not faster uh, through the center zone and you're just not you're just not a faster team with some people who can find the back of the net, it's a different league now. You need to, you know, you want to be tough? Fine, but you've got to have some people who can score. And we just, we're, our pace, we look like the Bruins, all right. We look like the Bruins of like, you know, 1994 or something. It just, it's not, it's not good. Anyway, please go ahead. Yes. Um, you get me I, started, I, you see? I know, I know, right? But, and I'll follow up briefly. It's the product of the Jacobs who own the team. And their bottom line is obvious. It's clearly profit and they're killing it because we are hockey fans around here. And if we, if we oh, went yeah, but one so look, every team has owners. Go. Every no, team has owners, Scotty, and none of them is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization. So somehow the other teams managed to do it. But please, but we've got every, a couple of minutes. Team, so not okay. Not every team has the rabid fan base though that the Bruins do. Well, that doesn't okay. change the uh, that doesn't change how many Tubmans you have to spend. Get it? Fair enough. All right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little politics, if you don't mind. <laughs> Do you mind if I change gears and talk politics? That's, Very little. Like, because the more we don't, the less time we have. Right. Right. Okay. So tomorrow, Indiana is a big deal. Um, well, so they say. In my opinion, it's almost irrelevant, and I say that because of this. It appears Trump is not going to make twelve thirty-seven delegates. So if, if it's a contested, a contested convention, it's a contested convention. It doesn't matter if he's right. 80 short or 180 short. So as in, in as much as people want to call this a big deal tomorrow, I, I think it's irrelevant. What's going to happen is what happens at the convention. Indiana's moved to me. Uh, I, think, I think we disagree on this, Scott, and here's why. What the election last week in the Mideast showed 
and what the media and other people whose opinions matter more than other people's just because of what they do for a living, the echo chamber, the professional echo chamber. They are waiting for one other brick to fall. And the other brick is if a state like Indiana, where Cruz should naturally do very, very well, he should do as well as, say, Wisconsin. It's the backbone. States like Indiana are the backbone of Cruz campaign, especially vis-a-vis Trump. If Ted Cruz, after getting drubbed throughout the Northeast, totally rejected in every county of five states, if he can't win Indiana tomorrow, then the great echo chamber is going to start to say the air has gone out of the Cruz balloon. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I am indebted to you for this job, which I love. Thank you, best and brightest. The Blaze Radio Network continues. Still act one at one 888 one Thusly concludes the good news segment. The Ted Cruz good news segment of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Now comes the real news segment, the Ted Cruz real news segment of the show. Indiana, tomorrow. Indiana, Indiana. Well, the master has tweeted in something which pretty much grabs this. Jay, if Indiana votes for the New York values guy, over America's number one conservative guy, dot, 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 indeed, as in dots the end, I won't be Bach, dots it, I mean, I think that captures it. Also, Con writes, according to Rasmussen, delegates hijacked by Ted, and I, I, we're gonna let, we'll let the language go, hijacked by Ted, are having second thoughts about voting for Ted on the first ballot. I heard that last night from two separate people off the air uh, in the business with whom I speak, and it kind of gave me that that chill you feel when someone you know really who knows what they're talking about says something to you that is almost identical, you know, in words. Which is why I just stole it based on my conversations off the record last night and said, people are concluding that the air is going out of Ted's balloon. Right now, they are willing, they are pinching the end of that balloon together. It hasn't yet started to go, but it's close. And as the master says, if Donald Trump appeals to more voters in Indiana, 
than Ted Cruz. And you add to that the profound rejection across the board in New England and the general stalling of the Cruz campaign. You know, he has to raise money. He must have the media cover him without every time they cover him saying, yeah, but he's a dead man because Trump's got the numbers and he doesn't. See, media coverage helps you so long as it's not of your obituary, as long as it's not of your death. The last shot you get at good media coverage is your obituary. Only politicians you know, can have many, many obituaries told. It's not what you call good media coverage, and that's what I'm afraid of, that this will turn tomorrow. Why am I afraid of that? Because of what Khan says, uh, because I have heard that that's exactly right, that delegates who committed to Ted are now saying, well, yeah, we told Ted yes, but we're not uh, going to commit Harry Carey here. I mean, we're, you know, we're not kamikaze pilots. We were willing to take, are willing to take something of a chance to go for the guy we really like. But if it means that we are cast out by our state chairman and we're no longer delegates and you know, these people who are delegates, this is important to them. This is a really important thing in their lives. A really important thing in their lives. God bless them. And they don't want to lose it. I don't blame them. If they pick wrong, that's why we have different delegates than we did 20 years ago. People picked wrong. Picking right is picking with what your county and state chairman tell you to do. And the reason state chairmen change is because they don't do what the national chairman tells them to do. This is not complicated stuff. And every one of us has lived through or are living under the same circumstances if we work for a living. Or if we just are living. It's not complicated stuff. So there are those reasons. Here are some others. Again, if you had asked me a year ago, a month ago, or today, should there be any doubt that a candidate, and it's not that it's Trump, it could be anybody. You could just describe to me a candidate that's like Donald Trump. Of course, that would be tough because there is no, there has never been a candidate like Donald Trump. But if you were to describe to me uh, an East Coast wise guy, very successful businessman, against the discernibly number one conservative guy of prominence in America right now, and we're in a Republican primary, okay, and you say to me, okay, Knowing all of that, would someone be kind enough to close that for me? Thank you. Uh, sorry. If, if you were to know only those two things or two or three facts, and I said to you, Indiana, you, you oughtn't have a moment's doubt over who's, which of those two candidate profiles is going to win Indiana. And the way it looks right now, well, let me say this. All of the mainstream media are saying Cruz must win tomorrow. And it's okay with me if you say, screw him. You know, I don't care what the mainstream media says. 
Well, that's fine. That's fine. But you see, they're attempting to communicate with us. Like E.T., they're trying to reach out to us and, and using their extraterrestrial language to tell us something. When the media tells you in advance, when the media tells you in advance, all of them saying the same thing, when there is a universal dimension to the story, Cruz must win Indiana or he's doomed. Cruz must win Indiana or he's doomed. If you keep hearing that from everybody, what they're doing is signaling to us what their story is going to be 24 hours later. See, they are they always signal this, and they're signaling to us right now that Cruz is a dead man, and that's what we're going to write, and that's what we're going to report if he doesn't win tomorrow. So there's that. Then there's this, and that is that of, say, maybe seven or eight polls that I would fairly regard as noteworthy. I mean, of, of, of the seven or eight polls out there that I would tell you to pay attention to and caution you to avoid the others that are absolute junk, Trump is leading in every one of them. A few moments ago during our most recent break on Fox, they had an editor of the Wall Street Journal on talking about the release of their newest poll. And their their newest poll has Trump up, Wall Street Journal, has Trump up, it's brand new, has Trump up among most likely voters in Indiana tomorrow, up by 14 to 15%. Also, there is last night, and I, I could, we could use the journal, you know, as the most recent and most substantial example, you know, if we wanted. But I would go back 24 hours or almost 24 hours. Um, my friend Doug Schoen did his usual bit on Fox last night, and I believe it the first time he had an opportunity to speak, but certainly one of the first few moments he spoke. Doug said this, Trump wins Indiana, and that wins it. Again, this is a quote, Trump wins Indiana, and that's, and that wins it, end quote. Trump, by the way, himself says, I want Indiana, I believe I'll win it, but I don't need it. I'll win without it. And, you know, a lot of people are beginning to believe that he is uh, right. There can be a lot of talk about a second ballot and all of that, but all of that second ballot stuff depends on this being fought fiercely between now and then with equal numbers of people excited about, enthusiastic about, willing to lay down their political lives, you know, to be for Ted Cruz when it comes to that ballot time. And if he keeps losing, that's not going to exist. All I can tell you, to be honest with you, is he's my guy, but it's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You have to keep winning. You have to be seen. If Ted... 
this is maybe the cruelest cut of all. And I don't mean it to be such. But like you take a good friend when you're trying to keep him awake, okay? And you give him a slap in the face. Maybe this is the best way I can be, not unduly, but wicked hash and still make my point. If Ted Cruz loses Indiana tomorrow, watch and see what happens with the general public opinion and with the media. If Ted loses Indiana tomorrow, you know who Ted becomes? Boiny Sanders. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, best and brightest. Uh, to continue the to continue the good news, Ted Cruz segment uh, here on the Blaze. The reason for my concern again was captured in uh, that uh, tweet a few moments ago, and essentially it's this: it's like Hillary Clinton having to work as hard as she did in New York in her home state. Well, I mean, of the many states she claims as home, you know, that comes closest as any, I guess, to being legitimate, like most things about her. But look at how hard she had to, and and, and we kept talking about this. Why does Hillary have to work so hard? If this were anybody else, they'd be off in the next state, raising money, having, you know, rallies. Why does she have to work so hard to win her home state? Why does Ted have to work so hard to win Indiana? He's pulling out all the stops. I understand Glenn is out there for him. You don't do that lightly. Glenn sure doesn't do it lightly. You know, we know, I know exactly what the media is saying and thinking. You know, and you know what they're going to say and think. You know that in the minds of many, and you're going to hear it from other people. Mark me down. If Ted loses tomorrow, he slowly is going to be morphing into the Bernie Sanders of the Republican side. You know, he'll always have people who support him fervently with good reason. But... You know, Bernie, you know, and, and, and after a while, he just, he's fighting this hard to win Indiana. He had better. And we see <clears throat> and we watch and we'll analyze. And as I started by saying, I don't think it's over tomorrow, no matter what happens, but it's going to take a strong will. If you are for Ted Cruz, and he loses in Indiana tomorrow, it's going to take a very strong will and sense of purpose to keep up your morale because almost nowhere else you or anything else you listen to or hear or read or watch or see is going to say other than, you know, it looks like it's over. 
if he had not been swept in the mid-Atlantic states, this would be a very important contest tomorrow. It would not be called the Alamo by almost everybody or Waterloo, as some wits have taken to calling it. Everything depends on everything else. Each week is more or less super derivative of the week preceding it. Every week is important or not based on the week preceding it. Good morning, Bill. How's your wife? Response? Well, compared to whom? Okay. How, how is a candidate doing? Well, at any given moment, it's compared to whom? How am I doing compared to the other guy that's closest to me? How am I doing compared to last week? How am I doing compared to the last time I had a chance to be before the voters? Tomorrow is a home game. I don't know in which sport it is believed that a home game is of the greatest advantage, but in most sports. You'll have to tell me in which sport. Is it basketball? I don't know because I don't know basketball. But tomorrow is a home. There's no question that tomorrow is a home game for Ted Cruz. Are you kidding me? I mean, really, Ted Cruz, the number one conservative in the country, against Donald Trump in Indiana? Come on. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And speaking of campaigns for president, I just witnessed what may be the ugliest, and I've been following Hillary Clinton for 30 years. I know from ugly. I've just witnessed what I think is the ugliest confrontation and one of the stupidest between a candidate and the public as maybe exists in contemporary American politics. I don't think if anything stupider than this has happened, I don't think we have it on videotape. But this one, you're going to see all night and for a long time. Very toss. Welcome back, best and brightest, my radio family, my partners, my friends, and you are. I am Jay Severin. Well, I I am, if you think I am. On the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393, and via Twitter, at J-A-Y, little underscore doohickey, and then S-E-V-E-R-I-N. Okay. I hope you're wondering after that buildup what I'm talking about. I'll bet a lot of you know. I heard audio earlier today of a confrontation between Ted Cruz and Donald Trump supporters out on the street 
in, in front of a just out, out on the street somewhere. So a bunch of Trump supporters with signs and Ted Cruz who had decided to go over with all the media, surrounded by all the media, to go over unrehearsed and engage the mob of Trump supporters, which you would have to imagine, I mean, you would have to imagine, would have roughly the same IQ and breeding of Donald Trump. And... In any case, it's unrehearsed. It's unprotected. You're surrounded by the national media. You're by yourself. You're the enemy. And you're about to have an argument with a guy with three teeth who's screaming at you, we don't want you. Liar. Now, when I heard the original audio, I heard so little of it that... I couldn't make a full judgment on it, and I said, well, I'll have to wait and see because I can't, I can't talk about it based on what I've just heard. But it sounds like a colossally stupid mistake that, that Ted has made. But I, I cannot make that judgment based on the evidence at hand, so we'll move on. Then since our show began here, and our show, by the way, is The Jaily News, American Tragic Comedy... In two acts, act two. Twice today since our show began, I saw video and audio of this confrontation. The second one was far more disturbing, longer, fuller of detail. And this one I just saw, which Fox opened their hour with, is the one you're going to see all night long and probably for days. It is one of the noteworthy moments, not just of the Cruz campaign this year, but of the presidential campaign this year. And it's one of the things that Ted Cruz will regret doing for the rest of his life, even if he wins. I've already explained the basics. Ted Cruz decided to walk over to a group of Trump supporters. And they weren't very polite. They started screaming things at him, like "Get out of the race." And Ted said things like, "I I respect your opinion. I'm I'm campaigning to be everybody's president, even if you don't vote for me. I just we ought to have this conversation. It's a good thing. I'm glad you're out here, even if you're not out here for me. You're engaged in the process. He got about that far." And, and this one guy in particular, this one uh, genius in particular, started to scream, we don't want you. What about your affairs? And then uh, Ted got them to a point where he could say, what, what do you like about Donald? And, and they said, everything. And he said, could you name one thing? And they said, the wall. And Ted said, did you know that the New York Times has tapes and is reporting that Donald Trump admits that he is not going to build the wall as he claims or deport anybody. And the Rhodes scholar directly in front of uh, Ted started shouting at him inches from his face, lion Ted, lion Ted. 
Now, you see, there is always the expectation of something going really fugly if you're going to confront imbeciles live, unrehearsed, who you know in advance hate you, and you know in advance have IQs smaller than their neck sizes. You know it's not going, you know it's going to end in tears. But you do it anyway. And that takes courage, though it doesn't take any political judgment, Ted. So Ted walks over with the entire national media and has these people screaming at him about his affairs. We really needed that. I mean, no one's ever, ever come close to suggesting that that's true or anything. But but now it's out there now again. So these 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 cretins are screaming at him. And he's trying to have a conversation with a mob, which, again, very, very rarely goes well. And it was fugly. I mean, fugly. All through this thing. And I do wish to make particular note for you of, for us, of that moment when Ted Cruz stated a fact. Now, again, again, you're stating it to a mob. So, well, it's not a court of law, but t- uh, Ted states a fact. Guy says, what I like about Trump is the wall. So Ted says, did you know that Mr. Trump is on record as having admitted that he, he is just saying that stuff? He's not going to do it. Now, you know, whether or not he's going to do it, it is a fact it is a demonstrable fact. That's not an opinion. It's not an argument. It's a fact. You know, like two and two equal four. It's a physical fact that Donald Trump did make those remarks to the New York Times. Now, if the New York Times writes something skeevy about Donald Trump, I believe Donald Trump. Okay? I, but it wasn't an op-ed piece. They have tape. Of Donald Trump saying, well, I'm not going to deport anybody. Uh, the wall, I, you know, I had to say that, all this stuff. So forget, forget what particularly the facts are. Just bear in mind there are facts. And Ted says to the deeply disturbed man across from him, no, 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 you don't understand. This is on tape. They, they have this. And he just screamed at him. Lion Ted, it's a lie. Lion Ted, what about your affairs? Oh, that's totally unfair then. Untrue. I've never had Lion Ted. Okay. My point is, well, I've made a few. May I make one other quick one, which is with our audience here, really unnecessary, but let me have it on record. If you are at a point where you are stating a fact, not an opinion, if you're stating a fact, and the people to whom you are stating it are screaming at you, lying Ted, lying Ted, then I would say two things are probably true. One is you picked the wrong audience in the wrong circumstance to confront, to engage. It had to be fugly. 
There was no way, no way you were going to come out of that even neutrally. And the second thing I would say is if you're at a point where you are engaging street protesters surrounded by the national media and engaging in letting them scream at you about your affairs and about how you're a liar and you stand there and get screamed at, if this, Ted, was part of your uh, Super Tuesday Eve Indiana strategy, I would say that's something that we might want to rethink. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show. May I draw, uh, my friends, uh, quickly before returning to the phones, may I, may I draw another lesson or question from that really unfortunate confrontation, voluntary, voluntary, between uh, Ted Cruz and the uh, moron protesters. When you get to the point that when you present a fact, and they can scream you down by saying lying Ted. How do you con- how does one contest that? I mean, for 25 years I was in the business of telling people running for these offices, well, okay, if this happens, what do I do? I I can't tell I don't know. I mean and the re- the reason I don't know is that's not in my handbook because you don't go out and argue you don't wrestle in poop with pigs on the street. And we all know why you don't wrestle in poop with pigs. And so the handbook goes out the window. But another more subtle thing that's happened here is that I don't know how it's happened, but Donald Trump has brought this to a point at which people feel they can just say lion Ted, and that's it. And they don't believe what at least some people, so far a majority of people, don't believe what Ted says because of the stupid schoolyard lying Ted moniker. I mean, when you reach a point where your whole life exists, revolves around the fact that you are in command of certain facts and causes, and you've spent your life in front of judges, and you have a witness who just lied, and you and you say, Your Honor, I'd like to admit as uh, Exhibit A, th- this piece of paper, which is the confession of the client <laughs> to the crime. He just said he didn't commit. This is the videotape of him committing it, the crime, and and the and the testimony of three eyewitnesses. And the judge says back to you, Lie and Ted, Lie and Ted. That means you can't practice law anymore. And I just don't know. I I mean, the word, the word. This this is a fugly spot for Ted. Ed from California, welcome. Ed hey, from Mr. California. Severin, I'm well, thank you, sir. That's good. Um, I have to ask you a question. Um, 
I know you said that there's no rules, and then you say there are rules. If uh, Mr. Trump gets to the twelve thirty, actually, I don't. Needed. So I don't go any farther on that. What you you may be a friend, you may not be a friend. It doesn't really matter. Ed, I know you've called before, and I've enjoyed your call. But what you've essentially done is just called me something like a liar or a pinhead. So uh, we won't spend our time deciding which. But I didn't say a. And then turned around and said, negative A. No, I never did do that. If you still believe I did, I'm going to be kind enough to withdraw my response to what I say to people who accuse me of such things and merely get us on the path of truth and ask you, the audience awaits for you to give us an example of when I contradicted myself. What my question was, no, was, no, uh, you had no question. You had an accusation. You made no, a no, declarative sir. sentence. You made a declare. The first thing out of your mouth was a declarative sentence, which is you say there are rules, then you say there are no rules. Is he still speaking? Cut him off. Don't call this show again. Kiss my ass. Other than that, I look forward to a more enlightened exchange of views with Ed when he gets his stuff together. Don't call me and accuse me of something which is at the heart of what I do with you as a partner every day. If you do call and accuse me, fine. Tell me what I did. And then don't turn being uh, a false accuser into being an imbecile by saying, oh, no, I didn't say that. No, no, you did say that. We have tape. This is radio. We have tape of what you said. Would you like to hear it? No, me neither. Miles, from the great and suddenly... I'm sorry? Miles dropped. Miles dropped. Miles was uh, from the very suddenly even greater state of Indiana, but I didn't didn't know he had vacated the premises. Now I'm told he has re-entered the courtroom. Miles, be heard. Miles. Oh, I apologize. I was just speaking uh, uh, to... Uh, no, it's okay. To Be call, heard. But uh, I apologize. But, um, yeah, Not at all. Colin, I am uh, here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I'm kind of sitting in my own... Could you, yeah, could you get out from underwater? And then the call will go better if you're actually on land. Yeah, no kidding. But, uh, yeah... The, uh, no, no, we can't hear you is what I'm trying to say. Are you, oh, are you under the blanket or something? I... Can, you, can you hear me now? Much better, much better. Oh, I apologize, but um, yeah, okay. Uh, right now, the can you hear me? Yes. M- may we proceed? The floor is yours. What is it? Is it hello? Hello? Is it? Is it me? Is the is the acid kicking in? I did. I I I should have taken that later. Uh, Miles, can you hear us? Okay, Miles, we look forward to hearing from you at the next possible time uh, that we can actually make a phone connection via 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. Now, uh, a footnote on uh, the Ed call. Please do not misunderstand. I was not angry because Ed accused me, however falsely, of something. I was upset because he then denied having done so 
right in my face and yours. So it is good radio when we argue. I love it. I don't necessarily want to fight, but I'd like to I'd like to argue. And if you have found me wanting in some way or indeed you believe me guilty of something uh, hypocritical, wrong, false, any of those things, I expect you to confront me on it. And you will be given, as you know, all due courtesy. But if you're going to call and say, uh, you know, you steal other people's work or you steal other people's cars or you steal other people's money from banks, just do me a favor. Have some evidence ready. And when I turn around and recognize that you've just accused me of doing something and I say, okay, could you, could you, uh, could you give us uh, an example? Well, no, I didn't really say that. Okay. You know what? That is, with all due disrespect, Ed, that's how stupid people talk. We don't do a stupid people show here. We do a smack people show here. And I recognize that one makes a certain decision in one's career to either do a show for the stupid or to really try and do it to the highest common denominator. Guess which we try to do here, Ed, and why you felt so uncomfortable. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. is the Jay Severin Show. With you, my partners, on the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. I understand, and I do this with some trepidation, uh, <clears throat> though nothing personal, I welcome back Miles from the super state Can you hear of Indiana. Me now? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Now, now it's your I, I, turn I, I, to speak. No apologies necessary. Sure. Yes, we hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Please go ahead. I think uh, George Soros had his hand in that. But, um, mm. yeah, so I went to the uh, Trump, uh, um, well, not convention, his rally yesterday. I'm not a Trump supporter. I will be voting for Ted Cruz tomorrow. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to see the Civic Circus Maximus. Uh, that was uh, going to take place, and I'll tell you, it it lived up. It was it, one of the most entertaining spectacles I have ever seen. I have a question for you. Yes. When I saw Bobby Knight, and I, I've seen now three of his appearances wall-to-wall, mostly because I mm-hmm. had the time, and so I was I was able to watch. I was interested. I almost wept. You know, and, and I have to say that the kind of endorsement that that Bobby Knight is giving Donald Trump exceeds in enthusiasm and importance to the voters, evidently, the mealy-mouthed little uh, Governor Pence thing about, oh, I like, I like them all. <laughs> I don't not like anyone. I wouldn't want to say anything bad about anybody. 
I guess I guess I'll be voting for oh, what's his name again? Tom Cruise. I'm not <laughs> sure, but I don't want to say anything bad about anybody. I can't tell you who to vote for. Then I got that against Bobby Knight. But my question, uh, more fairly, Miles, yep. is all day and just now again. I've been watching on Fox and CNN the coverage of the uh, rallies, the reactions, the turnouts of you and your fellow Hoosiers to the candidates. Mm-hmm. And well, Fox sure. just couldn't wait to tell people just now, it was two minutes ago, they couldn't wait to do side by side, like what's happening with the, you know, the turnout today for the, the two candidates. And they said the last cruise event, which was, I guess, a couple hours ago, had roughly 100 people. The Trump right. event, the Trump event, which is still, I think, three hours away from beginning. I saw they had someone out there today before noon with a camera. Fox did showing a four, five, six abreast line down the road like a mile. There were 10,000 people in line. And I, you know, and, and my point really is, and I know you, you can't answer this we are not out there measuring them but do you get a sense that that is representative that that's reflective of the general your sense of the general uh feeling of enthusiasm you know among the general public there in your state absolutely unequivocally yes if trump doesn't earn and again i am voting for ted cruz tomorrow but if trump doesn't go over 50 percent tomorrow i will be surprised And I say that because before anything, before we're conservatives, before we're Christians, which is an overwhelming majority of Hoosiers, we're basketball fans. They say basketball (laughs) is the 49th state. It's a religion in one, and that's in Indiana. And we are obsessed with Bob Knight as a state. I'm a graduate of that school. I'm a huge um, fan of the school. And also, you got to remember, what do we think of Bob Knight as? He's a winner. He's also a loudmouth. He doesn't always yeah. uh, speak, quote unquote, politically correct. So now that he's well, backing Donald Trump, isn't people it? Say, wait, wait oh, let's well, let's for people now. who don't it's know fine. this, you're hitting on something which is extremely important. I think, Miles, they are two sides of the same coin, are they not? Is they not are. Donald Trump they the are. Bobby Knight of politics or business? It's Is not Bobby Knight it. the Donald Trump of basketball? Yeah, and he. Donald Trump made a quote yesterday that, you know, made me laugh. I was like, that was actually pretty good. He said, I am the, I am the world's best entertainer without a guitar. And he's absolutely <laughs> right. He really is. And the people, well, they I just are, thought the nature entrenched by it. I just got the, imp- I was, you know, I'm coming by the impression that the nature and magnitude of the response to the public events isn't even close. And when yeah. I see that, when I when I see somebody, and I'm I'm for Ted Cruz, and I have been for years. You should see the tweets I'm getting. Oh, you suck. You're not really for Ted. You're a secret agent for Trump. You know, that's right, because that's what you want to do. Pick a radio show where someone's going to lie to you and tell you only what you want to hear. That's how to get smarter. By all means, well, we must, pick a radio show with some dope who's going to treat you like a dope and tell you dopey things that you want to hear, not what in fact is true. 
uh, or what appears true based on 35 years of experience. So by all means, uh, so now I'm now I'm the big anti Ted guy. I'd be voting for Ted tomorrow, too. But I would be worried, Miles, because when I see or hear 100 people are turning out to an event at a diner for Ted and that there are 10,000 people in line seven hours ahead of a Trump event. Uh, and the, and that one's got Bobby Knight campaigning for him in Indiana. That concerns me. Well, and another big issue is uh, is the fact that Indiana is an open um, primary, so Democrats can cross over and vote Republican. And I think it's going to have a huge turnout of normally Democrat voters that well, that's a great vote point. for for Donald Trump. And I'll, I will give you an example. I'm not just... Well, if there's any, have... let's make this clear. If there's any crossover, you are not going to have Democrats flocking to the polls to vote for Ted Cruz. If you have Democrats right. running to vote in the Republican primary, it's going to be uh, Trump Democrats. Sure. And I just want to give an example of that. I have My family is from Northwest Indiana. Um, I have family that work in steel mills up in Lake County. It's a dark, dark deep blue area. It's Gary, Indiana, East Chicago, Indiana. And I talked to my cousin, you know, he is a, I love him to death, but he is a Stalinist type Democrat, a big Obama supporter, vote for him twice. And he says to me, if I could vote for one person the rest of my life, it's Donald Trump. And he's saying it's not just him, his colleagues, his fellow union workers, they're all voting for Trump tomorrow. So I think well, we're that's the secret, Miles. a massive That's influx. the secret. Miles, I thank you so much for your call. I'm sorry. It is for me to apologize to you for the difficulty we had uh, technically on our first go-round. Call again soon, please. And thank you for the insights into the now uh, very super uh, Hoosier state. Yeah, look, I I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I, I hope Ted Cruz, the other side of this is that having built this up the way the media has, as a surefire win for Donald Trump, if Ted Cruz does manage tomorrow to win this as he really ought to, again, it is Indiana and it is Ted Cruz and it is Indiana and it is Donald Trump. But, you know, based on the things we've just observed and the fact that Donald Trump's ahead in every single uh, reliable well, though reliable is the wrong adjective. Uh, Donald Trump is ahead in, in every respected, which is probably undeserved, but maybe at least applicable. You know, in every major respected poll, Donald Trump is up 9 to 15 points tomorrow. Plus, I see the crowds turning out like this. I mean, I am hopeful. I am a hopeful sort of guy. What I am not is tremendously optimistic. Rock A! Hey. Rock A. How you doing, my friend? Better. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Hearing your voice better. My blood pressure has gone down several points. <laughs> you just got to remember that cold apple on the face trick, my friend. <laughs> hey, did you get to see the end of that, that uh, video and audio that we were talking about? Well, I watched as much of it as as Fox played most recently, which was during the bottom of the hour break at about 4.30 Eastern. 
Yeah, the very so beginning I don't know. of that. Uh, you may have seen more of it have, than I. I. I think I probably did because, uh, and this may have a difference between, you know, being a campaign manager's hat <laughs> and, and me just this stubborn guy out on the street that's going to be for Cruz <laughs> until they, like uh, Charlton Heston says, you get to pry my cold, dead finger away from the voting <laughs> booth before right. <laughs> I'm going to change my mind. But... Uh, Doggy. He, this guy was, he was really doing some trash talking there. That that the other guy, the Cruz chump, the, I mean the Trump chump. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I, but can wait, but, really, but, but but can he win? You know, this is like this is Ted Cruz, a candidate for the president of the United States, and he's like trading barbs with a guy with two teeth and a, you know. Uh, and he's shouting at him, what about your affairs? Uh, you know, I asked, there was no I one there to tell Ted when Ted, Rocky, when Ted said, I'm going to head over, let me, let's head over there to that mob. I have a good idea. Yeah. Let's head over there to that mob with the national media in tow. No, Ted, let's not, not do, let's not do that. Oh, he, it was brutal in the beginning. I think that Ted took a lot of licks, but if you haven't heard the whole thing, Ted remains very patient, and he yes. uh, keeps on asking the guy to answer some questions. He basically yeah. was using but Rocky, what he, would he call looks the, like he got the snot kicked out of him. He doesn't look strong. He looks gentlemanly, and those ought to be the same thing. And in the world you and I inhabit, more and more in our imaginations and in our breeding and our recollection, our fond recollections of less trying years of development – that's that's how gentlemen act, but that's not how this is going to be seen, my dear friend. You know, and they're yeah. and and believe me, when they edit it, Rock, you think they're going to edit it to be fair to Ted? No, no, not the media. Uh, the yeah. piece that I the saw version that we see, me. the Rocky, the version yeah. we see is going to look like this, like a cartoon. Where the guy, you know, grabs Ted and just slaps him, slaps him, slaps him, slaps him. Rocky, got a break. Uh, let's write. Uh, bye for now. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. With you, my partners, the best and brightest on the Blaze Radio Network. Um, Anthony writes, in fairness, how many of those people at the Trump rally are just there to see the spectacle, you know, that is Donald Trump? And I wrote back, in in fairness, probably a pretty fair number, but hardly the majority, to be fair. I don't think I don't think when you have an arena with 25,000 people in it who have stood in line to hear anybody, there are people there to see the spectacle for sure. But when when it is a phenomenon that is recurring and recurring and recurring, it's hard to imagine that the, you know, the spectacle part of the crowd is is the is the bigger part. Look, we still have tomorrow. We will be here tomorrow together. I hope you'll be with me here. And we, we won't know any more tomorrow. Well, you know what? We we might. Um, 
Actually, that was a really dumb thing to say. Of course we'll know more tomorrow. We, I mean, what I mean is we won't have results during the time of our show here tomorrow. We will certainly know more because you and I will be paying attention to it between now and then. And we'll, we'll know a lot more. What direct bearing it has on the results, of course, is uh, another matter. I'm still pretty much, you know, haunted by my friend Doug Schoen, who is only the best pollster in the world and the best political strategist in the world, in, in my view, which is a funny thing because since it's in my view, if I'm not the best, then how do I know he's the best? So you can get into a lot of funny things there. But uh, I think Doug Schoen, a Democrat, by the way, uh, is the best at both in the world, and he rarely speaks in absolutes. And if you saw him last night on Fox, he said, Trump wins Indiana, and that wins it. Now, what I do not think uh, he meant, because he didn't say it, is that he, he, made, he made two statements there, only one of which is a, a statement of, of, of prediction or fact. You know, he said, Trump wins Indiana, and that's going to win it. Well, what Doug is saying is he believes Trump's going to win Indiana. Okay. But when he says Trump and that wins it, that doesn't mean it's absolutely over. Uh, Believe me, Doug Schoen knows how to look at a mathematical formula. He won't say it's absolutely over until it's absolutely over by the math. But what he's, what he's saying is for all intents and purposes, if, uh, if Trump wins tomorrow, that then that then this thing is over. But I hope not. And the great thing is, I mean, speaking selfishly for uh, my candidate Ted Cruz, and also speaking selfishly for the fun that we have here together, it won't be over. I mean, the odds will change, and the mainstream media will begin to speak a bit differently, and maybe they'll pick a winner. But this thing isn't going away for a long time. Thank goodness. Thank you. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.